You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 35 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome back, after his sabbatical last week, <laughs> it is the author of the Western League podcast, it is Mr Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Good to, good to be back and good to speak to you as always. So, yeah, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm not bad, I'm not bad, but yeah. I'm eager, as, as I'm sure the, the listeners are, to find out where you went for your little, um, for your, for your little break, your mini break. Little, little, just a short, short little trip down to down to Saltash for for a few days. Managed to managed to catch the big game between themselves and, and Bridgewater last. I think it was Tuesday. Oh God, lost track of days. I think it was Tuesday evening uh, with bank holiday and whatnot's going on. But I think it was last Tuesday. So yeah, that was uh, that was entertaining. So uh, yeah, um, obviously wasn't just there for the football, but ended up uh, there on when it used to be used to be sunny and not raining. So that was that was an entertaining evening. I think that was the best night we've had since. Uh, uh, in recent times, so that was good. Um, but yeah, it was uh, nice, nice to slip away from uh, Bath for a little, little short while. So yeah, that was that was good. But you kept it Western League. Oh, always, always. You know me. We're very proud of you for that. Uh, and of course, you were deputised last week by Kieran Baggs, the manager of um, of Corsham. So you know, we have to, we had to get a special guest star in um, to replace the irreplaceable. <laughs> Um, but it's good to have you back anyway. Right then. Um, uh, on this week's podcast, we are going to hear from the manager of Falmouth, Andrew Westgarth. And we're also hearing from Rob Nash for the first time. He is the manager at Warminster Town. And we've got plenty of football to discuss over a very busy Easter bank holiday weekend. We're going to kick things off on Friday, the 7th of April. It was Good Friday. But not if you were a Mausel fan, Tom. No, it wasn't, to be fair. And obviously, there's a there's a lot of stakes for them at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, they didn't quite uh, come out on top in their uh, their derby against Helston on on Friday. Two uh, 0 win for for the hosts in that one. And it was um, yeah, obviously, I think Saltash. Yeah, in fact, they haven't played over the whole whole uh, weekend, so it was an opportunity for for Mausel to go ahead on on Good Friday. But that, it wasn't to be, uh, and it was. Uh, just the second league defeat of the campaign. Tegan Rosenquest uh, opening the scoring for the Helston after 57 minutes. Uh, and then it was their next attack, in fact, that, that saw them double their lead. Sam Carter uh, also finding the back of the net. And, uh, yeah, Mazel suffering a, a rare defeat on, on Good Friday. And, uh, yeah, all, all credit to Helston in that one. Video uh, of the game um, from Piran Films is well worth a watch. Um, if for no other reason than the Rosenquest goal, absolutely fantastic stuff so um excellent work there as always but certainly if you're interested in the battle at the top of the premier division table i'd certainly recommend you give that a watch next uh up in the premier division on good friday and it was a good friday for canesham town yeah it was and uh yeah like well obviously we've touched on mouths or not having having lost many and canesham probably at the other the other end of the stick haven't, haven't won too many recently but yeah moving off the bottom uh, for the first time in in a long time, uh, a two one win for them over over Russian and Backwell have been playing all right recently, so it's a, a good result for them. Uh, Shay Manning, who'd scored earlier in the week, uh, so that's over a week ago now. I'm trying, again losing track of where we are, but uh, yeah, so scored for the second game in in, in a row uh, to put Ashton and Backwell ahead. Uh, but yeah, it was um, yeah it was a great comeback from Kenshin. Uh, Saar Nano introduced at half time, making an immediate impact, leveling leveling the scores after just five minutes in the second half. Uh, so good. Good substitution there. And then, uh, yeah, with, with 15 minutes to go, it was Jamar Thomas uh, prodding home to make it uh, back-to-back home wins for the case. So, yeah, good good, good timing for them to, to pick up a little bit of form and, as I say, uh, moved off the bottom on Good Friday. So it was a good good, good Friday indeed for, for the case. 
Yeah, and Ashton Blackwell, of course, have had a decent season, so that is, you know, that's a that's a, mm. a real feather in the old Canesham Brilliant. cap, as we say. Right then, now we'll have a look in the first division. We're sticking with Good Friday, and we're going to kick things off at Southfield's Recreation Ground, where Radstock Town took on Warminster Town. Yeah, absolutely, and well, a very tight contest. Not surprising, two teams that are, yeah, definitely doing all right since, since the turn of the year in in, in Radstock's account. Um, but it was a, it was a one 0 loss for them, unfortunately. Eben Mortimer Taylor, another cracking name, uh, scoring in the first half, and uh, yeah, that proved to be enough for, for Warminster sneaking home by a goal to nil. Well, it was a perfect opportunity for me to get in touch with Rob Nash, the Warminster manager. A lot been going on at Warminster Town, and and Rob, um, it's the first time we've actually had a chance to speak to Rob on the podcast. So I'm really pleased that we've managed to get Warminster on because, as regular listeners will know, we're we're, we're great fans of what goes on at Warminster Town, particularly with Roland Millward and and all of the excellent work that he does to promote the club. But um, a great opportunity then to speak to Rob Nash for the first time. Um, a win at Radstock and four points over the bank holiday weekend. I started my. Interview with Rob by asking him if he was happy with that return. Yeah, considering we we, we did have a um, a bad run, shall we say, from February, we had a lot of tough games. Um, but yeah, it was nice to pick up pick up some points towards the end of the season, just sort of try and finish as high as we can. Really, I mean, we we, we drew the week before as well, so we're sort of three unbeaten at the moment. So, which is nice to go on a bit of a run. Um, it was just I think we had. February, I think we played the top seven um, straight after one after other, one after the other. So, um, although we 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 probably had one real bad performance, which is away at Wells, where they uh, they put four past us. But the other games were, were fairly tight, and we were really competitive. And, and as a group, we felt we could have come away with. I think we come away with four points out of those seven. We, we sort of our performances probably deserved a bit more at times. Um, but you can't feel sorry for yourselves. You just got to get on with it, I suppose. I mean, I was interested to know whether you were a bit frustrated with the game on on Monday because obviously you you know you'd won away at Radstock and they've they've certainly had a better second half of the season than the first, but um, you 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 only managed to point at home to Gillingham. Yeah, I mean, I think if anybody was there, the game wasn't the best quality game we've had all season. We were missing quite a few players. Um, I think they were as well. They only had they had one on the bench plus their assistant manager. Um, I mean, we we had to bring in. We brought in um, probably four of our reserve team players to come into the squad because we were missing um, we were missing five from the Radstock game. So yeah, we for one thing or another, um, yeah, we had to we had to use the squad. The guys that came in did themselves uh, a lot of credit. I mean, we've 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 played a few young lads this season, which we want to try and do going forward is is use the lads that are coming up through the reserves and the youth youth side to get them in the first team. But it sounds like that game away at Radstock was quite attritional then. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think early on, probably the first 10, 15 minutes, we were under the cosh for, a, for the start of the game and we defended reasonably well. Radstock had a few sort of half chances and then we, we scored. Um, and then there was a few. I think the referee was a bone of contention for Radstock. They, they felt they could have had a penalty. Um, and there was a, a potential incident that could have um, changed the course of the game as well. But then saying that, we did create some real good clear-cut chances for the rest of the afternoon. And on another day, we could have quite easily scored three or four more goals had we taken our opportunities. The second half, I think um, we defended really well. They put us under a fair bit of pressure. And I think they had one shot on target in injury time, which they hit straight at the goalkeeper. 
So yeah, all in all, it was a it was a good solid team performance. Um, I mean, it's been a it's been a difficult season for you, and with, with that in mind, I mean, how do you reflect on on your sort of current league position, twelfth in the grand scheme of things? Probably doesn't seem yeah, I mean, you know, that's all that bad. A fair reflection. I mean, when we took over, I think we were bottom or bottom two or three when myself and um, Henry said we take the initially we were only going to do it for a month just to see see how we got on and, the, and the, let the club see how we did um, I think there were a few people interested in, in um, becoming a manager but after the four games I think we played we lost at home to FC Bristol um, that was probably our worst performance of the season um, we then went and lost 3-2 away at, no we didn't we beat Bocco away and then we lost 3-2 away no 4-3 at Brislington a game which we were 2-0 up and then 3-2 up which we felt we should have got something from and then we went on a bit of a run towards Christmas, which was good, and we sort of seemed to we steadily climbed the league. And at one point, we were sort of floating around seventh or eighth at one time. And it was it was almost as though we had we had games where I think it was we were home to Shirehampton just before Christmas, and we felt if we'd won that, we could have really pushed on. But um, we lost, and and since then it's been a bit up and down. But but where we are is probably a fair reflection at the moment. Well, I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. Uh, 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 given that you're only going to hang around for a couple of games, uh, do I get the impression yeah. that you've, you've got your eye on next season already? Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully um, sit down with the club at the end of the season and see where we are. Um, I know um, Henry, who helps me, uh, he's he's been out injured for a long time and he's looking to get playing again next year. So, yeah, I mean, the the, 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 the signs are good for us. I think we, 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 we were almost... Um, after the success of the previous seasons, we almost we had to start again because we lost a lot of players. A lot of players went and moved on to other clubs further up the ladder. Um, um, the side that Andy uh, Crabtree had built, um, there's not many left, as it were. So we we have got to start again. And and as a club, we almost need to start again as well because there's been a lot of changes behind the scenes over the last 18 months, um, and it's changed again this season. So yeah, we need to we need to do. Um, what we did a few, well, probably 10 years ago, was go back to basics and, and, and have a look at the youth and promote the youth within the club and see where we go from there, really. Because, I mean, it, obviously it was only last season that you were hosting the playoff final. I was at that game. And it was, yeah. a, you know, it was a, it was a close-run thing. Um, I mean, yeah. in some respects, given all of the upheaval that you've discussed at the club, I guess not going up has probably been... Um, um, a bit of a blessing in disguise for Warminster. Yeah, I mean, when you see the travelling that some of the clubs have to do and the and the financial um, implications that involves, I think it it probably would have been uh, would have been a tough tough year for the club if we had been promoted. Um, not not saying that we don't want to get promoted, but we want to probably do it within our means. If you see what I mean, um, we're not a, we're not a wealthy club, so. Um, we we have to we have to watch the pennies as it were and 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 I think going up would have had a real financial impact on the club this season. I mean, it, it's interesting to hear your sort of thoughts because obviously sustainability has always been the watchword and it was very much the yeah. case during the merger and I think the case was put that it's not just about sustainability from clubs um, in you know Wiltshire and Somerset and Bristol it's also about the sustainability of clubs you know in, in Devon and, and Cornwall as well but if we take the cost of travel and budgets and time and all the rest of it out, the, out you know, we take that out of the equation obviously what you've experienced this season is something that many clubs many people listening to this will be familiar with the fragility of an organisation built on 
um, volunteers built on people giving you know their time and and, and goodwill. Um, I mean, with that in mind, do you think that for clubs like Warminster, the best bet is for a restructured pyramid across the southwest with a with a second step five? league across Devon and Cornwall would that make yeah. that promotion to that more viable for you it, it would be I mean we're a club on the periphery really because we we, we we there was always talk that we could have gone in the Wessex League we could have gone in the Hellenic League because when you look at geographically where we are we are right on the outskirts of the Western League um, there was obviously we were in the Wessex League probably 10 years ago um, and then we came back came back into the Western League um, but yeah I think I think it's just it makes it more attractive for every club i think if if you can eliminate eliminate the travel um because it's a long day you think if you're going from welton down to miles that's four hours each way isn't it it's a, it's a long old day and, and especially if you get a like getting a lot of cancellations due to the weather you've got to do it midway we've got to go to bishop lydia i know it's it's not the end of it but it's a, about 140 mile round trip we've got to do on tuesday night so um yeah if if it could be done more geographically I think it would suit everybody well you've got Hallen next up that's at Weymouth Street and um, yeah. that'll be a that'll be well that won't be an easy game for you will it no it won't no we we, we played them just in that spell actually that was the only game we won we beat them 1-0 on an evening game down there um, very very even even evening match size that night so no there won't be a lot between us um, hopefully we've got a few the few players that were away Monday are coming back in to strengthen the squad so yeah we'll be near full strength for Saturday Now this is the first time we've had a chat on the podcast Rob and it's my custom whenever I speak to a manager for the first time to get a little bit of background so can you tell us about your journey to the Warminster Town dugout My journey to Warminster Town well I'm a Warminster lad anyway I've always lived here um, I played um, youth football for the town for um, it was Highbury Youth it's a youth organisation in Warminster they're not they're not directly directly linked to Warminster Town, but we we have got set up links. Um, I played there. I played only local junior football, and then I I, had, I sort of gave it up really due to I've, I've had problems with knees um, for a long time now. I've had a few operations, so um, I had to I had to give it up. Um, I then um, my son took an interest in playing, and I coached him. I was part of the coaching setup down at Highbury. Um, when they got to 15-16 we went up to Warminster Town um, so I was like a youth team coach um, I did that for a couple of seasons I did the reserves and then I was assistant to Andy and now I am where I am so there, there's my journey um, quite a long time but yeah it's um, it's it's been enjoyable um, sometimes it's frustrating but I love the game so yeah I, I really enjoy what I'm doing at the moment and my thanks to Rob for his time. Now, moving on to a top-of-the-table clash, two sides that have been doing very well. In fact, in one case, exceptionally well this season. Shirehampton took on Brislington, and it was a close-run thing, Tom. Yeah, absolutely, it was. Um, obviously, Brislington, we know, yeah, everyone knows about their uh, dominance this, this campaign. And, uh, yeah, they just about managed to sneak home in this one, getting pretty much... Uh, putting one hand on on the trophy, you could probably say uh, this was uh, yeah one of the tough games they've got left on their left on the schedule, but they managed to managed to come out on top, uh, getting getting to the hundred point mark for the season in in the uh, in in uh, in picking up these three points, uh, and it was yeah a two one win for them at Shirehampton. 
uh, goalless first half, uh, but then it was a couple of goals early in the second from from the away side that tipped the balance in their favour. Uh, George Jones, recently named uh, First Division Player of the Month, managing to, to break the deadlock three minutes after the restart. Uh, and then it was Oakland Bucks scoring uh, scoring soon after to, to double their advantage. Uh, Louis Snailham uh, managed to managed to reduce the arrears uh, just after the hour mark, so uh, set up a an entertaining final half hour and uh, yeah Briz managed to just about hold out so as I say that was a, a huge win for them on, on Friday and finally in the first division on Good Friday uh, we wrapped things up at Wells City and it was a comprehensive win for the home side against the Bishops of Sutton yeah absolutely so Wells now uh, the only team that uh, mathematically can catch Briz and that was due to another win so despite Nelsie and Tickenham also picking up three points there now um, yeah, unable to, to catch Brisington, but Wells uh, could do if there was a, a huge turnaround come the end of the season. But yeah, a 3-0 win for them over Bishop Sutton on, on Friday. Uh, a couple of goals again from Adam Wright, you know, having a stellar season as always. Um, Jake Curtis adding a late third for them. So uh, yeah, a couple, a couple of matches without a win coming into this one as well. So a uh, good time for, for Wells to pick it back up. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now we'll take a look at the matches played on Bank Holiday Monday, uh, Monday the 10th of April. Uh, and in the Premier Division, we're going to kick things off with a five-goal thriller mm-hmm. at Bridgewater Town, where the visitors were Falmouth. They were, um, yeah. Big win for, for Falmouth on Friday, and they followed it up with a, a fantastic 3-2 win uh, at Fairfax Park on, on Monday, handing Bridgewater their first home defeat uh, of the season, in fact. So, uh, yeah, fantastic result. Uh, and it was a game that really, really kick-started straight away. Tim Nixon... Uh, giving the visitors a fifth-minute lead uh, before Bridgie hit back pretty much straight away through, through Jack Taylor. So yeah, both both teams getting off uh, getting off the mark pretty early in this one. Uh, Falmouth then restoring their lead uh, ten minutes before half time. Ollie Walker, he's um, yeah, he's really come to my attention. He's, he's scoring quite a lot and getting rave reviews down there. So uh, he's he's going great guns. And as I say, he put them put them two one up. Uh, but it was uh, yeah, Bridgewater once again uh, coming back into it. Jacob Spence, uh, they certainly didn't want to lose that unbeaten record. Uh, and in the early early stages of the second half, he made it two apiece. Uh, but then it was, uh, yeah, the fifth and final goal did go the visitors' way. Uh, James Ward powering home a header. So it was uh, Falmouth, uh, yeah, pretty much a, a near-perfect Easter period for them, I would say. A 3-2 win away at Bridgewater. And that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with the Falmouth Town manager, Andrew Westgarth. Of course, we spoke to him at the beginning of the season, so it's fascinating to get his reflections on Falmouth's first season back in the Toolstation Western League. And we started off our conversation by reflecting on that really good win away at Bridgewater. Yeah, it probably wasn't the Easter we uh, hoped for at the start of the season. You know, obviously, the Cornwall Senior Cup's quite a big competition down here, so... Yeah, we was hoping to do well on that, but you know, to come away with with six points and like you said, that um, that great win at Bridgewater was uh, a pleasing Easter. Um, you were the first team to beat them at home. I mean, does that surprise you? They've they've sort of tailed off a little bit, haven't they, in the second half of the season? Uh, I was shocked when I heard it. I didn't realise it at the time. Actually, I had a quick look at their um, home results, but obviously, when you see the red dots, um, I didn't really go that deep into who who they had actually lost to. Um, I think they were more cups now that I've actually had a look at it. But yeah, so 
no, we we haven't done too bad on um, away games. You know, we've beaten Salt Ash away, we've beaten Bridgewater away, so you know that's quite a quite a good scalp for us. And, uh, and I thought we were good value for that that win on Monday. So you know to do the double over them, it just shows that on our day, you know, we aren't a bad side. And I suppose we just got to improve on that consistency and, and maybe the squad depth, I'd say. Well, you were certainly very consistent over the Easter period. You had a very good win against um, Cadbury Heath. I mean, was that the perfect preparation for that game away at Bridgewater? Or were you worried that the boys would have been lulled into a full sense of security? Uh, no, I think, you know, I think the scoreline was better than the performance. And you know, it, it was a bit of a weird day, actually, because, you know, obviously Good Friday or, or, or Boxing Day, they're normally your derbies, aren't they? So, you know, the first time first time in my reign as manager you're playing against a team that you know nothing about and you know there's no local interest so you know the score line was good for us it was our you know probably our biggest one of our biggest wins of the season and you know so like you said the confidence wise you know everyone was everyone was pleased with our efforts and then uh yeah like you said to, to go to Bridgewater you know proper ground against an half decent side who um you know it's, it's good for us because you, you mentioned consistency just now, and I know you had a you had a tricky run of results, didn't you, in the middle of February? What would you put that down to? Unavailability, really. I think we've done considerably well, considering we probably played with one striker all season, and obviously we lost Jack Bray Evans, um, you know, uh, to Mausel. And then we've been playing pretty much with one centre forward, and then unfortunately that centre forward went away for for five games, and that accommodated in five defeats, which was. Hmm. You know, a, a tough period for us, and you know we normally pride ourselves on our home form, and so for us to lose three in a row at home was was very uncharacteristic for us. And yeah, but you know we bounced back well from that, and sort of uh, we've recovered well, and you know hopefully we can finish the season as strong as we can. But yeah, I would say that period was definitely down, you know, not having a striker, and and you know it, it is what it is. But you know we we, we know where we need to improve next year, and. Um, it, was, it was a frustrating period because we played some top sides in that time they might do we played you know, Buckland twice Salt Ash um, Houston obviously in the cup and Millbrook so yeah it was a, a tough period I mean you're 8th in the table at the moment which is you know which is perfectly respectable particularly given that this is your first season back in the, the Tool Station Western League I mean are you hoping that you can climb a few places higher than that before the end of the season? To answer your first question I think you know to finish 8th is, is it's very good considering there's some big hitters in the league. You know, there's some established sides, some sides that have been there for a very long time. And, you know, I suppose we're gauging it on, I suppose, the other sides who've got promoted as well. And obviously, we're at the top of that pile. You know, like I said, we've had some we've had some great results against top sides. So, you know, we've proven we're a good side. And um, I think realistically, finishing higher than eighth will be difficult because that would take probably Shepton Mallet to slip up. Um, and hopefully, we don't finish any lower than eighth. So, I, I'd imagine. Eighth is where we're going to finish, and like you said, I think that'll be a, a good effort. I mean, what have you made of the standard of competition you faced in the Western League this season? Brilliant, really, really good for our, you know, for our first first year in the league. It's it's, it's been a, an eye opener. You know, everything that the, the the Cornish manager sort of prepped me with is very much that. It's relentless. Um, the games are unforgiving. You know, if you if you go up unprepared or you go up there with a slightly weakened side and you can be you can be punished, um, and like I said, the games just come thick and fast. There's no easy side. You know we've we've dropped points against um, you know some sides that are near the bottom of the bottom of the league. And you know I remember we played Canesham, and I think we were two 0 up, and we couldn't get the ball from for 25 minutes. You know they just they kept the ball so well, and 
you know, we, we, that's something we were never used to in the league below. No disrespect to any side in that league, but the bottom teams wouldn't be doing that to you. So, you know, every side has got so many strengths, and and uh, every team at home is a fortress. So, you know, to win away from home, you know, really feels like a, a great achievement. And uh, you know, like I said, there's some big big hitters in this league, and t- every game is a, a massive challenge. I mean, I've noticed as obviously we've had more teams coming in from Devon and Cornwall into the league. Um, there's been a bit of a pattern, you know. We're looking certainly at Plymouth Parkway. They took a season to sort of get in the swing of things. Um, obviously, COVID hit then, but you know, Mauser when they came up, they, you know, they've been a, they've been a very solid side. But um, you know, they didn't you know win the league in their first season. So you know, having had this experience, having been through a, a Western League season, a normal season, what do you think that that sort of has done to your aspirations for next year? Has that changed the goals? What are what are your targets for next season? Yeah, I think you just got to keep on improving. You you know, when you uh, when they said when you get into a new league, you've got to establish yourself. You've got to go in there. You know, I've I've learned a lot as a manager. You know, I think the, the club has learned a lot. You know, how we prepare for games. Um, you know, the players now know what's expected. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can we can build on that, and you know, if we can finish higher, obviously, great. You know, so that's I suppose that's the target. Isn't it? You, you you don't want to be finishing lower than you did the season before, and, and I suppose you've just got to look at, like you said, so Ash, what did they come fourth last year? You know, they've improved. Having Helston come maybe ninth, tenth last year, you know, they've improved. They're, they're sixth. So, like you said, Mausel, they just missed out last year. So, you know, that has to be the target to hopefully improve, but. You know, we're fully aware. I'm sure Bridgewater will go again. Buckland will obviously be, be there or thereabouts. Barnstable, you know, they're big hitters. And then I don't know what might come down from the Southern League. So, um, you know, I suppose also you've got to look at like Ashton and Blackwell. I believe, you know, they were they were near relegation last year. They come tenth or they're in you know mid table. So, you never really know what's going to happen. But you know, obviously we want to be looking up and, and looking at looking on improving on this show. Sure. I mean, if we do look a little bit higher, I appreciate this isn't necessary. Well, it's certainly not within your gift. But I mean, have you got a, a have you got a feeling in your water for how the the title race is going to go between Mausel and Saltash? It's been a great great running, isn't it? You know, both yeah. have been fantastic this season, and for different reasons. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. I think the Bridgewater uh, Mausel game so on Tuesday will be a, a big say in where the title goes. But you know, you just got to look at the numbers that the guys have done. You know. Uh, so Ash are on an unbelievable run you know I don't think they've lost since oh, that little wobble they had around Christmas time today so you know they're in a good position they got you know three tough games themselves and they um, last game of the season against Shepton Mallet's not going to be easy and uh, well, to be fair and even the, the two before that but Mausel uh, again you know they've got, they've got they're on a great run as well so yeah it's been it's been a brilliant title run in and uh from a Cornish point of view, it's great to see two Cornish sides um, fighting it out. So yeah, I wouldn't want to call it. Do you want to show it's that tight? <laughs> no, I I, I, I understand that. Um, now next year you might have been competing in a regional division across Devon and Cornwall, um, but obviously now that the the merger of the Western League and the South West Peninsula League isn't going to take place, um, it will be as the season has been run this season. I mean. How do you feel about the fact that that merge is not going to take place? Are you are you, are you pleased that uh, that the footprint stays as it is, or would you, um, you know, has that caused a problem for Falmouth Town? For me personally, I, I like the current format. I, I like the teams that are in it. I think the stand is really strong, and and that's nothing against any of the Cornish other uh, Cornish sides. But I just think you know, if you want to play in Western League football, you've got to 
earn the right to play in the Western League. You know, you've got to win your division and, and get promoted. And you know, I like the current format. I like I like going to the new teams. I like the fact that we we ha we have to travel. So yeah, as much as it's been disappointing, I suppose for the, for the Cornish sides who wanted to come up. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm pleased that it's staying as it is. Um, well, let's turn back to the football, and um, you've got Sherbourne up next. Yeah, they're not having a, a great season on the pitch, although I'm sure they'll give you a good game. But I guess one one of the great benefits of the of the sort of the current footprint is that you 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 get to visit clubs like this that perhaps you've not been to before. And I, I know in my own experience, Sherbourne is one of the best welcomes in the in the Tool Station Western League. Yeah, well, I don't know if they class staying in the division as a success. I, I, I don't know what their remit. Obviously, they come up last year. Did they win it or did Welton win it? I can't remember. Um, they won it last year. Yeah, so they come up as champions. So, yeah, I don't know what their, um, like I said, I don't know what their remit is. It, it, you know, going up into a new division is always difficult, so they might see it as a success. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, but like I spoke about earlier on about, you know, when you're playing against sides like, you know, at the bottom of the table, um, they're still good sides and they can still punish you on their day. So, you know, like I said, we've dropped points against Ilfracombe, we've dropped points against Wellington. And I remember we beat Wellington the other day, actually 2-0 away from home. And, you know, from the outside looking in, people might have just thought, you know, it was probably like, you know, a side from fifth bottom playing against a side or eighth. But, you know, we celebrated that win because we know how difficult it was to win there. So, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, sure it won't be a tough place to go. And, you know, hopefully we can get the three points. And my thanks to Andrew for his time. Now, of course, in the first half of the podcast, uh, we reflected on a good Friday for Canesham Town, but it wasn't such a good Monday for them, was it, Tom? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, I mean, they scored three, which is which was good going, and it was a very high-scoring encounter. Uh, I think I noted in the bulletin it looked more like a rugby score than a football score, but it was a, a 6-3 defeat for, for Canesham on, on, uh, on Monday. Uh, to a point, the visitors in this one. Uh, yeah, scoring three times in either half, the away side. Uh, so it was a pretty resounding victory, all in all. Uh, Ryan Richards getting a hat-trick, uh, also a goal. Uh, in either half from Callum uh, Callum Thompson, uh, and then it was Curtis Damrell. Of course, it was Curtis Damrell. He uh, he grabbed his 30th of the campaign uh, to help the visitors complete their third win on the bounce. So yeah, going uh, going great guns at all point at the moment. Yeah, six three is a is an absolutely mm. humdinger of a mm. football match to go and watch. I think it would be quite an attritional rugby game. To yes. be fair, but anyway, um, um, and finally in the Premier Division, um, Mausel they returned to winning ways at home to Clevedon Town. Yeah, it did obviously a, a big result. Um, as I say, Saltash haven't played uh, since the since the game last Tuesday, so uh, yeah, uh, an Easter off for them because of yeah, I think they were scheduled to be off, and then obviously had a postponement. I think it was Monday. Uh, so Mausel uh, eventually taking advantage, a two 0 win for them uh, over Clevedon. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't particularly easy going, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, the Seagulls um, grabbing the points that were that were necessary to, necessary, sorry, to move top. Uh, and it was a, a first-half effort from Mark Goldsworthy charging down an attempt to clearance uh, after uh, 24 minutes to put them ahead. Uh, and then that was, yeah, that was pretty much how it stayed for the entirety of the game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, game very much on a knife edge. Uh, but then Jack Calver took, uh, curling home a, a pretty pretty decent free kick uh, to put the game to bed in stoppage time. So Mausel 2-0 winners over Cleveland. And we'll have a look at one of the games that took place in the first division. The first division was affected by the poor weather. I mean, as in fairness, it would be, uh, we have to say, so was the Premier Division again. It would be nice to see the back of this because, of course, we haven't got that many days left. 
um, before the end of the season. But anyway, one game that did go ahead on Monday, the 10th of April, was Longwell Green's trip to AK Bocco. Now, Longwell Green are rapidly turning into one of the first division's form teams, and that's how it panned out on Monday, Tom. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm yeah staggered by the way they've, uh, they've turned things around. I think, apart from Brissington, they would have to be the team that you'd fear most at the moment. I think this was their seventh win from eight league fixtures. Uh, a 4 1 win on, on Good Friday, we must note, that um, away at Oldland, which was, yeah, <laughs> probably the, the result of the day, in fact. Uh, but yeah, following that up again on, on Easter Monday, another away game. A uh, 2 1 win for them at Bocco. Uh, yeah, coming from behind, in fact, to, to win this one. Uh, Nathan Hull uh, scoring for the home side after 13 minutes to put, put them ahead. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was, as I say, Longwell Green don't know when they're beaten at the moment. And uh, scoring on the hour mark through Rob Belcher uh, to level affairs. Uh, and then it was the same man again, uh, knocking home the winner 20 minutes from time uh, to, yeah, um, I say give him another win. I think seven from eight, I think I just said. Uh, but yeah, so Longwell Green, the team, the team to watch at the moment. They're on a charge. Yeah, they're probably sad charge. that the season's coming to an end. <laughs> Uh, right then, we will take a look ahead at the fixtures coming up on Saturday the 15th of April and um, I think we all need to do a weather dance because we really, really, really can't do with any more Saturdays being lost before the, the end of the season. Um, Tom, what game has caught your eye? Ooh, uh, so, yeah, I've gone for Canesham Mallow. Obviously, Canesham, uh, yeah, they did. Letting a few at the weekend, but they seem to have yeah picked it up a little bit recently, and they were taking on a Mausel side that plenty on the line for them, as as we well know. Obviously, Seltash also back in action on, on Saturday away at Clevedon, uh, another big game. But uh, Mausel, oh, but yeah, Mausel's uh, trip to Canesham, a big big one, could play a big part in uh, deciding the title. And I will be uh, at Barnstable Town. They take on Shepton Mallet, two obviously really strong. Uh, Western League tides, but um, I will be in Barnstable um, with my friends from Devon Mind. We will be doing um, our latest bucket collection for Mind, presenting Barnstable with the changing room posters, of course, specially designed for the players promoting the Western League's partnership um, with um, with Mind across the whole of the of the region. It would have to be said, but Devon Mind in particular, a really a really special shout out for them. Um, I'm not sure whether we've talked about it um, on the podcast before, but earlier this year. Year, they put together an excellent online course for clubs in Devon and Cornwall um, um, to help them identify um, some of the early signs of, of um, you know, mental health issues. And um, it, it really, it's, it's my pleasure to be able to support not only that initiative, but also um, the great work that Devon Mind do. So I will be in Barnstable. Um, hopefully, I'll be making new friends. Um, certainly, the club have been making me very welcome in the preparations for the visit. So I'm really looking forward to that on Saturday. Let's just hope the weather doesn't get there, doesn't get there first. Anyway, let, let's forget about that. Tom, what, what, what do you fancy in the first division? Or, or do I need? Do I even need to ask? <laughs> Probably not. It's the, there's a there's a big old game. Uh, Longwell Green Sports we've just touched on. Um, fantastic, uh, fantastic going at the moment, and they take on Brislington, who obviously themselves. Uh, two teams that probably don't really know how to lose at the moment, so uh, something's going to have to give, I imagine. Well, obviously they could draw. They probably will not have said that, but yeah, both teams going into this one in incredible form. Brisington going for the title, uh, and Longwell Green uh, looking to gain a little bit of revenge. It's the only touch on the, touch on the fact they've won seven of eight, and that defeat did come at the hands of Brisington. So a little bit of uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, recent recent history between these sides, and uh, yeah, it should be a, it should be a cracker, shouldn't it? Well, it is the archetypal, the irresistible force mm -hmm. meets the immovable object. Absolutely. 
Um, I, I, my my tie is going to be slightly less glamorous. Um, I'm going Warminster Town against Hallen. A bit of a mid-table battle. Two sides probably wanting to do a bit better this season um, and uh, perhaps wanting to finish strongly. Um, both with one eye on what they can achieve um, next season. Um, I'm sure it will be competitive and um, always a fantastic atmosphere at Warminster Town. So uh, that's um, that's my pick in the first division for Saturday, the 15th of April. Now, before we wrap things up, Tom, I wanted to have a little look at the league table. We haven't done it for a few weeks. Uh, quite a lot has changed and obviously we need to reflect on um, a few of the things we believe we now know in the run-up to the end of the season regarding promotion and relegation. But I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take us through the runners and riders, and then I'll try and make sense of it all. I was going to say, it's difficult to decipher, even though we are uh, towards the end of the season. But yeah, only a couple of games left in, on uh, for most teams. Uh, Mausel, uh, they are top. They have finally gained top spot. Uh, they've played 33, just like Soltash. So we touch on the top two, I think, in, in the Prem at first. Uh, they've both got three games remaining, uh, both 124. There's just one extra one extra point in Mausel's favour at the moment. The goal difference is exactly the same. So, obviously, if they win their three games, they win the title. They're currently on 79 points. Soltash in second, played 33, as I say, 124, just like Mausel. Uh, they've drawn one less, so they have suffered one further defeat. But, as I say, the goal difference <laughs> is exactly the same. Of course it is. They're on 78 points, one point behind. So, those two, uh, it's going to go down to the wire, isn't it? Uh, there's plenty... Plenty at stake in those two sides' uh, remaining games. Uh, Bridgewater uh, in third. They've got two games left, so they've played 34. They're on 65 points. As are Buckland, who could who could overtake them uh, and grab third spot. They've played 33, and they're on 65 as well. And then you've got Barnstable. Uh, they've got three games in hand on Buckland, so uh, a little, uh, quite a little bit of catch-up for them to do. So there'll be plenty of uh, plenty of games for them over the next few weeks, which, um, yeah, is it? Exciting for them, I suppose, if, as long as the weather holds. Uh, but they played 30 and they're on 60 points. So that's the uh, that's the top five in the in the Prem. And really, the only two places we need to concern ourselves with in the Premier Division at the top are the, uh, the winners and the, and the runners-up. Um, as Tom has explained, it's incredibly tight. So we won't really know uh, until, I suspect, the last game of the season who has those two spots. But the winners will go up automatically. And um, it's likely that the second-place team, the runners-up, will be put into a playoff for that other play um, for, for that other promotion slot. Although... Of course, Exmouth, who finished runners-up last season, went up automatically. Um, they weren't required to play a playoff. So um, um, it's uh, it, watch, watch this space. If we can bring you any insight before now and the end of the season, then we will. But we can't at the moment, so there. Um, at the bottom of the table, um, Cadbury Heath are now sitting at the bottom. Cainsham, of course, been there for quite some time, but now they've moved off the bottom. Um, Cadbury Heath in 19th position. And with the regulations suggesting that um, two sides will be liable for relegation with Bitten um, having resigned from the league they are one of the relegated clubs and at the moment Cadbury Heath I believe would occupy that that second spot so it won't necessarily be the case that Cadbury Heath and Canesham will go down it should be Cadbury Heath and um, Bitten formerly of this parish um, it really is a two horse race between those two sides although Cadbury Heath have got two games in hand over Canesham Cadbury Heath have got uh, played 32 they've got 15 points three points above them is Canesham Town they've played 34 and they've got 18 points and then there's a six point gap between Kensham and Sherborne. I can't see Sherborne getting dragged into this. So, uh, really, uh, it is between Kensham and Cabrihi for that last relegation place. What about life at the top of the first division, Tom? What about life at the top of the first division? So, it is Brislington who look like they've done enough 
Um, so they are uh, 101 points, uh, mighty goal difference of 90. They've played 38, so they have four games remaining. Uh, so they could, could in theory, be caught by third place Wales, who've also played 38. They're on 90 points, so there'd have to be a yeah 12 point swing in the space of four games. Obviously, that would in- include Brisbane losing all four, Wales winning all four. So it looks like Brisbane have done enough to grab the title. Second place is Nails and Tickenham, who have played a game more, so they only have nine points less to play for. Uh, they've played 39, as I say, and they're on 91 points. But yeah, Brisington, having lost only only three times all season, they've won 33 of their 38 games, so they look like they've done enough to, to grab top spot. Uh, yeah, Nailsley and Tickenham and Wells definitely uh, battling out for second at the moment, um, both having incredible seasons. Um, could both finish on 100 points and, and yet not win the title. But uh, yeah, so those three have pulled away. Uh, Brisington look like they've done enough to, to pinch top spot. Uh, you've then got Oldland uh, in fourth, who've uh, played 38, so they've got four games remaining as well. They're on to 77 points. Uh, and then Wing Canton, who are uh, currently in fifth, uh, 38, 36 games they've played, so quite a few left for them. Uh, and they're on 65 points. And then a whole a whole group of teams that are in the 50s as well. So another, uh, obviously, we're no longer <laughs> picking up picking up pace, uh, but they only have two games left. Uh, so that's uh, yeah, that's how the top of the top of the first looks. And. With the revelation last week that Brislington will not be able to be promoted, um, um, even if they win um, the division, what will happen, we believe, is that the second place side will take that automatic promotion slot, which currently is uh, now in Tickenham, but of course Wells has have got that game in hand over them, so it could easily be Wells. And then it's going to be the next four. So at the moment, third to sixth are Wells City, Oldland Abertonians, Wincanton Town and Shirehampton. But as Tom was alluding to, the battle for sixth is incredibly close. So whilst it looks like any of Wincanton, Oldland and either Nowsey and Tickenham or Wales City will be in the playoffs. That last spot, currently occupied by Shirehampton, uh, it, it's a shootout between Shirehampton, Bishop Sutton, FC Bristol. I think mathematically, Tom, uh, Longwell Green, possibly, I think mathematically they could do it, but I mean, mm. it would have to be some weird math, yeah. so let's yeah. not even pretend, let's not go there. <laughs> um, Shirehampton, um, Bishop Sutton and, and FC Bristol then um, shooting it out for that final promotion place. And if we look at the bottom of the table bishops lydiard currently bottom um 22nd place 30 36 games played 28 points above them almondsbury who've played 40 and have got 30 points which is identical to titherington rocks 40 who have got 30 points and then three points above them radstock town the rules and regulations say that as many as three teams could be um relegated from the first division um they said that last season and um, only one was but to be fair, I think um, that we didn't have 22 teams in the first division. Again, watch this space, although I, I think what we might be able to get some clarity with promotion from the Premier Division. I don't think we'll have any clarity with relegation from the first division until the FA actually issue the new constitution at the start of next season. But, you know, if there are miracles happen, then, of course, I will happily share that with the group. Um, Tom, it's wonderful to have you back. Pleasure as always. Not least because so eloquently have you been escorting us through your excellent um, um, bulletin. Uh, where can the listeners find that? Yeah, of course. So that's on the uh, the Toolstation uh, League official website. If you, you scroll down uh, halfway or so, there's a little tab on the left. And if you click on that one, that will take you to the most recent uh, publication. And obviously it was a little bit of a bit of, bit of a bumper bumper episode this week with, uh, yeah, two sets of, well, not, not full set of games on, on Monday, but yeah, two sets of Two sets of fixtures from Friday and Monday. Uh, plenty to look back on, and the midweek before that, in fact. So, 
yeah, plenty in there for, for people to catch up on and obviously look ahead to the, the final couple of weeks of the season. Excellent stuff. Tom, thank you so much for your time as always. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.